0: What's up, everyone? Tara Roberts here, and welcome into the Dear Miss Fantasy Show for Week 16. We are the official mailbag show for Player Profiler this week. um, The episode's going to be a tiny bit shorter, just a little bit shorter. I had internet issues, and if you follow me, you know, me and internet, (laughs) it's not been good. But I swear to God, I've got everything solved. I got my new phone. Yay. So happy. So now all of my live streams that are done via the phone, going to be perfect now. The internet was being switched over to a new company. And now I question question that new company because they got out there, laid cables for their internet and cut the internet that we currently had. And then it was down for a day. So I didn't have internet for a a day. So we had to push back from our normal scheduled time if you're watching this on YouTube. So that is the reason why everything's chaotic and I'm having to cut this a tiny bit short, but we're going to push through. We're going to do a good show because I've got good content for us to cover today. We've got good mailbag questions. Great mailbag questions. What am I talking about? Good. Great. We're great here. Um, And hopefully all of you made the semifinals of your playoffs. Um, Let me know uh, how you did this past week, what you're looking like. And obviously, you know, we're we're very experienced uh, fantasy people. It's not even just about the championships, too. Maybe you lost, but you're pushing for like a third place finish or something. It's okay. It's okay, or you're playing for pride, you don't want to get that last place punishment something, because maybe you had Mark Andrews and JK Dobbins and Nick Chubb and uh, everybody that went down. So yeah, understandable. It's fantasy football. Come on. Um, I had two active, I only had two active teams this week. Had some first round buys and then had two active teams this week. My Scott Fishbowl team, obviously, um, which I've talked about on the show, and then another league, um Series XM um <clears throat> Independence Day Invitational in uh, (laughs) that team. It has been a fight on that team. Let me tell you. Um, I've been dragging that team to the playoffs and I won. (sighs) It's picking up. It is kicking at the right time. I literally had to drag that team to the playoffs in a way I cannot even describe. Um, The draft was done on July 4th. It's the Independence Day Invitational draft was done on July 4th. And apparently at July 4th, I just had some like weird philosophical concepts that I was okay with. Um, that was the point at which I was okay with drafting Trevor Lawrence. I regret that with my entire being. <laughs> I've been platooning Trevor Lawrence and Jordan Love all season, trying to make it work, man. And predicting their pop-off games has been so frustrating, <clears throat> so frustrating. Um, and then Tony Pollard, you know, going through his rough spot, Kyron Williams, um, who, you know, we were going strong and then he had, you know, the IR stent. So it's been, it's been a struggle, but we made it. We made it through. We're going to try and get that dub this week. I'm um, going to be streaming quarterbacks again since Trevor Lawrence. Um, yeah, not a good situation, unfortunately. Um, but that's okay. We're going to persevere. We're going to persevere. So um, we are actually going – oh, my Scott Fishbowl team. My Scott Fishbowl team. Um, it is officially eliminated. I was so close. We were making a really good run. I was, like, making the deepest run of um, – anyone that I really know and, um, was feeling good about it. Then we lost Tyreek and that just absolutely killed it. I could have still, even without Tyreek, even without Tyreek, I still could have made it. I was 10 points off of the cut line. But the problem was, is that Michael Pittman went down with a concussion and if it had not been for that, definitely would have made it. I hope Pittman, um, God, that was a vicious hit. Um, but yeah, that, that was tragic. Tragic, but um, well, we're gonna shoot for it next year. Maybe we can do something fun next year, like um, try and get as many Scott Fishbowl entries for um, this audience right here for Player Profiler for this mailbag show. Maybe we can do that. Hmm, just a thought, um, but yeah, let's dive into the hot topics. Obviously there's one that I want to cover in particular, this Dallas Miami game intrigues me so much here because I feel like there's so many different directions that this could head. This could absolutely be just a massive blowout shootout and uh, not blowout, but just a shootout and high, high offense for both teams. Everybody thriving. Or it could be one of those weird games where the defenses step up because they have both been stout generically. And we'll dive into that as we kind of break down each position. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start off with Dallas, then go into Miami, and I'm breaking down each position. And basically, who can we trust? What can we expect from each position in this matchup? Because this is one where we've all got people where we are either relying on them on starters as starters, or we um, have potential streaming options here. So this is a really good one for us to cover. So starting off in Dallas, week 15. (laughs) Week 15 was obviously the, the first week since week one that Dak did not have a touchdown. Oh, man, it was a tragic performance. 21 completions on 34 attempts, 134 yards. That's so ugly. One interception. And this was this was a strange one because when it comes to Buffalo, you don't want to attack them on the ground. We know that that was a bad matchup. I was down on Tony Pollard last week because it just was going to be a bad matchup, period. Usually, uh, Buffalo is more vulnerable against the pass, and this should have been a decent matchup for Dak. Maybe, you know, maybe they struggled just a tiny bit, but not to this level. So this one was a weird one with the way that Buffalo's defense has been vulnerable due to all of the massive injuries that they've had on their defense. But when we're looking at Miami this week, Miami is middle of the road in terms of adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. And since the return of Jalen Ramsey, they did pick up in terms of kind of clamping down on defenses, but they're still vulnerable. They're still allowing strong games to top tier quarterbacks. And I still think that Dak qualifies as a top tier quarterback. We can't panic and run away from Dak from one one bad performance. Um, I feel like this is a strong bounce back opportunity for him. So we are trusting Dak. I do still have Dak ranked as a top five quarterback, even after that catastrophe. So if you're worried about having to pivot from Dak and look at a better streaming option, don't do it. Start your studs here. You don't want to. Dak has carried you here to the playoffs. You stick with him. When we're looking at running back, though. Um, while I have confidence in Dak, I'm very skeptical around Tony Pollard and his upside here. A lot of worries here. Um, much like the Buffalo matchup, this is just Miami's run defense. This has just been a bad matchup. And when we're looking at Tony Pollard, he's been on a nice run here. He had this nice little bounce back campaign. I mentioned that his little bounce back campaign helped me make my playoff push. But when we're looking at how he's been doing after that kind of little bounce back campaign, he had three straight games with touchdowns last week was salvaged by receptions, but the yardage has been very low for the past couple of weeks. He hasn't gotten a touchdown in the past couple of weeks. And with Tony Pollard, The thing that we loved about him heading into the season was that he had that duality to him, the ability to thrive on the ground and the ability to thrive through the air. And one of those things can always save him. Unfortunately, got none of those last week, and I'm kind of scared that we're going to get none of those this week. Last week, we saw where the lack of touchdown opportunities um, and lack of yardage on the ground combined with the lack of receptions. It's an absolute killer. And I'm so worried about that repeating again this week. Miami's pass defense again hasn't been one hundred percent, percent consistent against the pass, but that defense has been solid against the run. It absolutely has, and a lot of that does have to do with teams chasing points, obviously. But they really have improved their run defense, so I don't feel like this is something where um, Dallas will keep up with them and they'll be able to run on them. I don't know if that's the case. Now, here's the problem, though. I I have been very willing this season to back off Tony Pollard, drop him in my rankings, pivot off of him, very willing to do that. The problem is, is that I can't do that this week. This is a weird, weird week where low end RB1 is ugly. Looking at it, I'm just doing my rankings and I just was, it was just tough trying to find the justification for moving Pollard back and adjusting him because he is still falling in at a, you know, mid-ish to low end, but really kind of right around, I think like eight to 10 range. Um, running back, because scarcity is very low right now, unfortunately. We've got a lot of running backs that we just can't depend on in that range. Saquon Barkley, Bruce Hall, Travis Etienne. Uh, We've got trust issues with them. Then we've got guys that are dealing with injuries. Isaiah Pacheco, um, Aaron Jones. Uh, So while obviously Aaron Jones came back last week, you don't know... Sorry, guys. You don't know the capacity to which He will um, have his workload increase this week. So it's just kind of a situation that we're dancing around in terms of trying to figure out who we can actually depend on at running back. And when we're looking at actual like season long leagues, you know, very different than DFS. Will I run out Aaron Jones in DFS? Yeah, I can do that this week. I I can do that in a good matchup and take that risk of the upside. I can't afford to do that in a season long league. So it's just a strange week where I'm slightly lower on Pollard, but he's still a must-start, unfortunately, in this terrible matchup because I can go all the way back through RBs 10 through 20, and I can't find a single person where I can confidently say, yeah, I'll start him because all of our guys that were originally falling into that range, they've been pushed up. We've got Rashad White's pushed up we got James Cook's pushed up. All of those guys that were kind of middling back, we're confident in them now. And so it's made this kind of weird situation at running back where – You're looking at the low end RB1s and the position is just not as reliable as it has been in the past. So that's, you know, another issue that, you know, obviously is going to plague us here when we're looking at fantasy teams. We have to start Tony Pollard. I will be starting Tony Pollard this week, even though that is not the most ideal situation here. All right, before we move on to covering wide receivers here, we are going to hear a word from our sponsor. Right after this.
1: It has been two years since Josh Larkey paved the way for fantasy gamers to start expecting positive returns from Pick'em Games, specifically Underdog pickums. And how do you do it? Well, you look at the slate and you find a great shootout or a sneaky shootout. You also look for a shit show game. Three, four, five, six guys in one game. That's right. You can do it. You can do it. And you can 100x your payout on underdog. Think about week one. Jets Bills was a shit show. Did we see the Aaron Rodgers injury coming? No, but we knew the Jets have a good defense. We knew the Bills have a good defense. Why not expect the worst? And the worst is what we got. So if you had gone Dalvin Cook less than, Garrett Wilson less than, Aaron Rodgers less than, Josh Allen less than, Gabriel Davis less than, boom, 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 boom. boom. You can go six for six. Same thing in week two. Oh, week two. Oh, sneaky shoot out there in Philadelphia. Minnesota is going to be in comeback mode. So we'll go Cousins, Jefferson, Hawkinson, more than, Madison, less than, but also Swift, more than, boom, boom, boom. Boom! 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 boom. That's how you do it with the underdog pickems, and you use promo code Underworld to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You put in a hundred, underdog matches that deposit up to a hundred bucks with promo code Underworld. Go start picking.
0: All right. Let's talk about the wide receivers in Dallas. Um, CeeDee Lamb, you don't have to talk about it. He's always trustworthy, no matter what Dak does. Um, Volume just goes through him. But Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks, two subpar weeks in a row. It is possible that he benefits here from tougher coverage from Miami, obviously, focusing on CeeDee Lamb. Regardless of that happening, I don't think there's a realistic scenario in which Dallas pivots away from CeeDee Lamb being the target hog. So we've seen, like, I think we saw one or two instances where CD Lamb popped up with, or with a, where Brandon Cooks popped up with a significant target share. But typically, that's just not how he works. He is working off of touchdowns. He needs um, a big play. And if he's not getting that, he's not getting that volume. It makes him very difficult to trust. So that's what happened this past week and the prior week. Although it's possible that he could come back in this matchup, I'm not trusting it here. I lean towards pivoting away from Brandon Cooks because I do feel like we have some decent options in terms of kind of those that mid-wide receiver two, even high-end wide receiver three range that you could go with over him. Um, And if anyone has any questions that they didn't get in um, for the mailbag show, feel free to tag me on Twitter because I know... Brandon Cooks is one that I'm going to get like 10,000 questions on in my start sit shows this week for sure. But I'm not trusting him this week. Um, I would pivot away from it just because of the inherent risk that this game um, is stout defensively between both these teams. Um, Tight in. Jake Ferguson. Volume, volume, volume. It has been consistent. We trust it. Absolutely. Eight targets in the last three games his ceiling hasn't been super high. We know the high ceiling does exist for him. It hasn't been super high recently, but I love a tight end who I can rely on. And we'll talk about that when we get to streamers as well. I love a tight end that I can rely on for a consistent level of targets. And Jake Ferguson is one of those people. So we're absolutely um, trusting Jake Ferguson as a tight end one this week, but I do have a mailbag question here. And this one is interesting. I pulled this one because it's, it's Jake Ferguson. We're putting it right here. Jake Ferguson, or Isaiah Likely. I have been a big proponent of Isaiah Likely. The second that Mark Andrews was injured, he was a big priority ad for me. Um, and it took people some time to get on board because there were some kind of weird matchups. And I think they were kind of looking at that saying, <clears throat> oh, you know, Isaiah Likely is not reliable. Like, um, And it's kind of weird that that happened. The week 12 matchup against the LA Chargers, which theoretically should have been an excellent matchup, but ended up not being, and um, likely really didn't. He didn't get a touchdown, didn't get a lot of yardage, but that was his floor. That was his floor game. We're seeing those nice ceiling games here from him over these past couple of weeks, um, taking advantage of good matchups here. And even in a difficult matchup, um, which this week is going to be a little bit difficult, I do think that could play a slight advantage here for Isaiah Likely to kind of be that comfort um, that comfort dump off for Lamar Jackson to not have to worry about trying to go deep um, to Odell Beckham. We had Zay Flowers disappear last week. Um, it's working. The connection with Isaiah Likely is working. I'm happy to see it thriving through. And we got to trust it. I would go Isaiah Likely over Jake Ferguson. Likely is on an absolute roll here, and his role is so solidified here. So solidified. Likely is, is he a top eight or top seven? Top eight for sure. He might be a little bit higher for me in terms of um, rankings this week for tight end, but definitely trusting him. Moving on to the Miami, the Miami Dolphins. Quarterback. We got to talk about it. Um, if you're a loyal listener, I hope you are. Are you a loyal listener? Um, you know, if you follow me anywhere, um, I'm anti-Tua. I like Tua as a person. Love Tua. It was so cute when he did the Monday night football, played his little guitar on the Manning cast. Um, I like Tua as a person. I don't understand how anyone just can't like Tua intuitively. Um, But as a fantasy quarterback, I got major problems with Tua, and I am anti-Tua, and you know that I've been anti-Tua in the playoffs. Um, We've talked about the issues with Tua and why it just doesn't produce from a fantasy perspective. It's not complicated. Um, He doesn't have the volume to make up for the lack of mobility. So in difficult matchups, while he can still have a strong game, and that's what we saw in this past game against the Jets, Tua was fine. Tua had a fine game. This wasn't a major issue. Uh, There was was no, if you were looking at this from like a just regular football perspective, you would say, man, Tua, a solid quarterback. From a fantasy perspective, that's not going to cut it. We can't have that. We can't have that when we've got, um, if you don't have mobility, you got to go out there and haul. You know, you got to be out there and pushing out ample volume. And if we're not getting that from you, um, unfortunately, it's just not coming through in the statistics for having difficult matchups. Here's the problem, though. I was super anti-Tua. Don't don't start Tua. Can't start Tua. Playoffs. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And we'll go back to that next week. We're not starting Tua next week. Absolutely not. But this week, oh, man. Again, this is another one similar to Tony Pollard, where I looked through the rankings and I tried to find the justification. I tried. Believe me, guys. I moved Tua back as far as I could, but I cannot move him further back than a low-end QB1. He's a starter this week as much as I hate it, to my chagrin, Um, because we're just in this weird position. And we'll talk about this um, in a second. Actually, like real quick here when we go into streaming options. But we're in a weird position where the streaming options, for me, they start at QB12. So (laughs) when you're looking at Tua or starting guys like Joe Flacco and Jake Browning, like it just gets so messy. And I was on board with doing that last week um i think i recommended start jake Fla or joe flacco over um tua like i'm 99% sure that i was 100% on board on yeah i was 100% on board on board with that but the problem with this week is is that when we're looking at Dallas's defense we've had too many weeks in a row now where the defense has from a past perspective looked very suspect and i don't know if it is the absolute lockdown shutdown tua can't attack this in the same way that we feel about Tua in a matchup versus um, versus uh, the Jets, you know, it's not the same thing, unfortunately. So when we're sitting here and looking at this, and now, granted, remember we have seen Tua absolutely flop um, in what should be good matchups like Tennessee. But I can't find the justification to not start him this week, unfortunately, because we are so thin at quarterback. You've got multiple quarterbacks dealing with concussion issues. Um, it's just it's it's difficult to even, you know, a guy like Sam Howell um, coming off of a very difficult game. So our trust level is super low with some of these players. And we might have to lean into two of this week. We might have to do it, <laughs> hoping that he could take advantage of this Dallas pass defense here. Moving on to running back. Um, this one's simple with Raheem Mostert. He's a must start. Despite, he has weathered the storm of Devin HN. And we saw the script from Buffalo last week um, against the Dallas defense. James Cutt absolutely obliterated them. If you've got a talented running back and Raheem is absolutely a talented running back, they're, you know, why, why struggle to attack them through the secondary? Be efficient as possible. Like Josh Allen was, um, not super efficient, but you know, do what you can. And attack on the ground. It worked for Buffalo. I think it can work for Miami too. They've done it extremely well. So I think we could see a repeat similar to last week with Raheem Mostert. Devin Hand is a flex option. We haven't really felt like we could truly rely on Han. Um, and this could be a game where he comes back and makes a um significant return, but to that extent, I lean towards um Leaning into Raheem Mostert and just flexing HN. At wide receiver, um, there's no question mark here. Tyreek and Waddle, you're feeling very confident in both of them. Um, provided Tyreek, no issue. Even, even if he has limitations, even if there is some kind of limited snap count, um, it's still Tyreek. It's still Tyreek. We take 50% Tyreek over the vast majority of players. And then at tight end, we have nothing <laughs> for Miami. We don't, we don't turn there, unfortunately. We're not turning to Durham Smith. Um, diving into some streamers here before we, um, and we'll do some, we'll integrate some mailbag questions in here, and then we'll do some other mailbag questions as well to close out the show. But diving into streaming options for week 17, I mentioned how thin we are at quarterback. Quarterback streamers um, are starting getting ranked at QB12 for me. And uh, I got a mailbag question here. I picked up Baker and Flacco to stream, but I'm torn on who to start. And I can understand why you're torn because Baker has the ideal matchup in Jacksonville. Flacco against Houston. It's not an ideal matchup. Um, it could go either way. They have been vulnerable to the past, but they've also been very stout when it comes to their secondary. They've got Derek Stingley Jr. So they've got talent there. Um, and obviously things are a little bit different with um, CJ Stroud, not at quarterback. So when we're looking at this Houston defense, it could go either way. Joe Flacco has been very reliable. Oddly enough, I actually kind of like Houston as a streaming option, despite the fact that I like Houston. I like Houston's defense as a streaming option, despite the fact that I like Joe Flacco as a streaming option because Joe Flacco will throw an interception or two, and it could be for a pick six. I don't think, you know, we'll talk to defensive streamers in a little bit, but looking at Joe Flacco, he has been incredibly steady and he is, he is falling slightly behind Baker Mayfield, but only by a smidge here, because when it comes to Baker, we do know that we have seen Bad floor games for him. But this matchup against Jacksonville um, is one that I like to target. Uh, At the same time, we have got, um, I think they kind of found a rhythm there in terms of how they were attacking from a coaching perspective, how they were attacking that Green Bay secondary last week. Um, Mike Evans, always Mike Evans, but they unlocked Chris Godwin. And I feel like if you can unlock Chris Godwin... There's zero reason why you don't try to repeat exactly what you did this week. So Baker Mayfield in this matchup, I like. Um, Jacksonville, obviously very difficult against the run. Uh, They've been relying on Rashad White heavily, who's been fantastic. So I'm still in on Rashad White. But it is a more difficult matchup, and we could see them lean towards the air a little bit more. We're looking at Joe Flacco again. Very steady in these past three starts in terms of high volume, high pass attempts, high touchdowns. So he's, I feel comfortable with him, but I lean towards Baker slightly. Other streaming quarterbacks that we like this week, we like Jake Browning versus Pittsburgh. We've already seen this matchup before, but you do have to remember, because I see Jake Browning falling back further in the rankings. And I'm like, mm, you do have to remember that that first start against Pittsburgh, that was his that was his first start ever. We're going to give him a little bit of a mea culpa there because... <sighs> He has obviously been not on a tear, but performing at such a, yeah, on a tear. He's been performing at an incredible level for a guy who had zero career starts before this, had no NFL playing experience before this season. And the way that he is operating has been highly impressive. So good for him, playing himself into a nice um, backup contract here, but potentially, um, potentially competing for a job somewhere as well. But when we're looking at, um, Jake Browning. I do think that I trust him a little bit more than consensus, um, against Pittsburgh. And then Nick Mullins is another one that I kind of like as well. I've been torn on how high to move up Nick Mullins here because this game, this Minnesota Detroit game, this one is going to sneak up on people. I should have done, I should have done a preview on this one as well, like a mini preview or something, but uh, I can do that real quick. We can ad lib a mini preview here. Why not? Minnesota and Detroit, in a dome in Minnesota. So Jared Goff, I haven't leaned into Jared Goff over the past couple of weeks. And the reason I've been leaning into Jared Goff is that you lean into Jared Goff in the dome. I don't care what defense he's playing against. If he is in a dome, you lean into Jared Goff. He is a California boy, right? Born and raised. Um, Never, and then played in LA and then only left to go to Detroit in the dome. He's a dome boy. He likes nice weather, no conditions. So I trust Jared Goff against any defense in the dome specifically. So while Minnesota's defense has absolutely been stout overall, very impressed with the way that they have um, very impressed with the way shout out to their coaching hire right there. That was smart. Um, Very impressed with the way that they turned around this defense. And while I do think that they can maybe force a couple turnover or turnover two here, I don't hate them as a streaming option. I do think that this is going to be another high volume game from Detroit. And I think that Nick Mullins is going to have to push a little bit volume to keep up. Um, so we could see a nice little, he performed well last week from a fantasy perspective. He had an ideal matchup last week and Detroit's defense is an ideal matchup for opposing quarterbacks, despite the fact that Russ didn't really super take advantage of it last week. Um, Quarterbacks have been able to absolutely light up Detroit's defense. Um, hopefully they'll get some reinforcements soon, but not right now. So those are the streaming quarterbacks that we like. When we're looking at running back, Samaj P. if you have to turn to somebody, hear me out on this one. Samaj P. grab him off waivers. If he's on waivers, if you're desperate. Samaj P. versus New England. New England is obviously, um, for all the faults their offense has, their defense has been stout the entire season, really carrying them, um, despite all the issues. Uh, And they've been very difficult against the run as well. But they have been vulnerable to receiving running backs. And that is the value that P. Ryan brings to the board. Um, First of all, when he does get carries, he's been very um, effective with them. Averaging 4.9 carries um, on the season, or 4.9 yards per carry on the season, a career best for him. So he's performing at a high level. Receptions. Receptions. Um, he has 41 receptions on 45 targets. I don't think people understand how well he's done through the past game because it hasn't come in giant. He's been very consistent. And I think that's allowed him to go overlooked because he hasn't had those random boom games like a guy like Chase Brown, who, by the way, I am still, that's another one here. Chase Brown, if you need a running back to pick up Chase Brown, I still advocate for as well. But when we're looking at, um, JP Ryan, because he hasn't had those boom games, People underestimate the level of production that he has had. And it's important to note that he has had that on a consistent level. This hasn't been because he's gotten, you know, random high spike weeks in terms of carries and um, everything with, you know, oh, Devonte Williams goes down. So he has something that's spiking up his production. No, it's been a very steady very steady. He hasn't had any games where he's taken over as a lead back. So he's been able to do all of this in terms of receptions. Yardage has been strong. Pirine is 12th in receptions. He is seventh in receiving yards. 12th in receptions at running back. He is seventh in receptions, uh, receiving yards at running back as well. Very productive, very productive. So when we're looking at P. Pirine, that's a sneaky one he could take advantage of this matchup. And at the very least, even if you're not starting him in this week, hedge your bets for week 17. If you're in a deeper league, L.A. Chargers defense, uh, L.A. Chargers is who Denver gets in week 17. They could absolutely run all over them. So Maji JPRing could be a big part of that. So keep your eye on that one. Receivers that you could look at Parker Washington would say Jones dealing with the injury. Jonathan Mingo is an interesting choice against that green Bay secondary, um, depending on what happens with Jair Alexander. And even then, so um, if Jair comes back, we know it wouldn't be at a full capacity because that's just what the Packers do. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Packers tight ends, my favorite Packer, uh, my favorite st- streaming option is uh, Packers Tucker Craft. been very solid Over the past three weeks that he has been a starter, he has been a tight end one, averaging 10 fantasy points. So you absolutely, that's one that I love as a strong little streaming option there. And then defense, I like Denver again, Um, that one I advised picking up last week, just so you could beat Reading Rush on that one. Um, But Denver, Green Bay is a sneaky one that I think is low rostered. And then Indianapolis is a sneaky one as well. Um, Indianapolis versus Atlanta, but that brings me to another mailbag question here. Bijan Robinson or Saquon Barkley. Bijan playing against Indianapolis or Saquon Barkley against Philadelphia. Um, I still like Indianapolis as a streaming defense but I do like Bijan this week against Indianapolis. Um, we saw basically, if you saw the Arthur Smith, um, <clears throat> if you saw the Arthur Smith press conferences, and if you haven't um, go to, I did a recording, uh, a screen recording of it. Um, go to my TikTok. It's Terra time, um, I T S T E R A T I M E. And you can see it there. It's like the last post uh, more than likely that you'll see. Um, <laughs> look, look at that video. We're seeing a different Arthur Smith now. I think that Arthur Blank literally put the fear of God in him and said, Look, this is not happening. You're gonna lose your job unless you go on some kind of hot tear. You like close out the season, make the playoffs, win a game, be competitive. Yeah, you can keep your job. If not, cut. I like think it's so very clear. Arthur Smith is speaking like a changed man here. <laughs> like someone finally humbled him because he was so arrogant earlier the season. Someone finally humbled him. And put him on notice, really. And I think his only option here is to finally yield and push heavy volume to Bijan Robinson, allow him to be the lead back to target Drake London. I think you're going to see a a philosophical change here in Atlanta because Arthur Smith knows that what he's doing is not going to help him retain a job. You need to showcase that you can do something else. You need to showcase that you can be a changed man or we're not keeping you. So I would expect Bijan Robinson to get a stronger workload this week. I like him. He's a top 10 back for me. Trusting Bijan this week um, over Saquon Barkley. Saquon been, um, Saquon, difficult matchup against Philadelphia. And then also he's just been generally, unfortunately, struggling because of the offensive line and just, you know, difficult matchups he hasn't really been able to push through. Moving on to some more start set questions to close out the show. Is Sam Howell a streaming option this week? Yes, he is. Um he I was shocked how far back he was dropped in rankings. And maybe that's because people think that he wasn't going to be the starter, so maybe it'll adjust and come back to more the norm. Um, but he's still he's still a streaming option for me. I have been ranking him within the top 12 within the top 12. And that's not happening this week. He's falling slightly out of that. But he is still a um, potential start this week. So I, I do think that we could have a nice Sam Howell bounce back here. Next question: Does Gus Bus eat this week? Now I'm a little bit worried. (laughs) I do a um, a ranking show. We actually had our last ranking show of the season, so sad, with Billy Musio and Pat Fitzmorris um, on the Fantasy Pros podcast, and um, man, we talked about Gus Edwards in detail on there. If you want to go check it out, um, think Billy really drove a good point home there in terms of the fact that we haven't been seeing. Um, even before with uh, Keaton Mitchell. I think sometimes we, even before Keaton Mitchell kind of made a dent into the workload there and we saw Gus kind of lose the touchdown opportunities, lose volume, getting less than 10 carries, just rarely, I mean, snap count dipping down dramatically. I feel like we're trying to revert Gus back to something that he technically wasn't. He was touchdown dependent before. He was not someone that we could rely on. He was a guy that we were looking at as a low-end RB2 high-end RB3, he was never someone that we were putting in the top 20 and saying that we were feeling super confident about it. No. So I feel like sometimes we're looking at Gus with this, like, with more rosy-colored glasses than we should be here with Keep Mitchell going down. Um, we know that Justice Hill is going to be worked in. We know that Melvin Gordon is going to be worked in. So when we're looking at Gus, he's still touchdown dependent. Um, I don't think that he eats this week. I am I am a bit worried for him in terms of the confidence that people might have for him. Who do I start? Um, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, David Montgomery, or Ty Chandler? Um, it's hard to it's hard to sit Ty Chandler, even in a bad matchup. Volume looks good. We got word that he is going to be in a featured role, regardless of what happens here. Um, so yeah, like I, he are, like you can't deny the fact that he looked better than Alexander Madison has ever looked. He looked fantastic, Um, highly productive. We're trusting Ty Chandler here. And then despite the matchup issue that I talked about with Saquon Barkley, I will start Saquon Barkley here um, based off of known volume that we can get from Saquon Barkley. And Ezekiel Elliott is the one that kind of throws a wrench into it. But it feels so tough to trust Zeke at this point. Um, That one game might have been a bit of an illusion, And I lean more towards just going with the known of Saquon Barkley. So we're going Ty Chandler and Saquon Barkley. Next question is full PPR flex between Addison, Chuba Hubbard, and Terry McLaurin. Chuba Hubbard, workhorse back, RB1 for Carolina. Good for him. We're going with Chuba Hubbard in this one, even in full PPR. I understand Jordan Addison coming off that fantastic game. Um, In this matchup, though, it is possible that we see... Um, again, he was a little bit more touchdown dependent still. It is possible that we still see um, <clears throat> Justin Jefferson make a bigger push next week. So I lean in towards the known volume that we have with Chiba Hubbard. One more question. Full PPR flex between Addison, lots of Addison, Addison, Bijan, and AJM. We are going Bijan here. We talked about it earlier in terms of this opportunity for him to see more volume. And then. One more question. Should I start Hunter Henry over Dalton Kincaid? I included this one because in a vacuum, if injuries weren't a concern, it wouldn't even be close. I would be starting Hunter Henry over Dalton Kincaid. I moved Dalton Kincaid back in rankings significantly this week. I am very concerned about the offensive changes that we're seeing in Buffalo. Not concerned for Buffalo. It's working for them, but I'm concerned for – for Dalton Kincaid spe- specifically. The return of Dawson Knox hasn't been dramatic, but when you combine that with the fact that they're lowering past volume, they're leaning into James Cook, this is just kind of a recipe for disaster for Dalton, Dalton Kincaid to be very unreliable. So I lean away from it. Um, and then one more thought before we close things out. If you are not watching um, Player Profiler in Espanol with Mauricio Gutierrez, um, if you know Spanish, and even if you don't, um, if you, are you weird like me and like to listen to stuff to try and learn? Um, Mauricio is fantastic. Um, one of my favorite people, fantastic analysts. Um, absolutely check out that show. It is wonderful. And that wraps things up. Just some closing thoughts again. Um, If you have any questions, always hit me up on Twitter. Um, That's the best place to find me at It's Terra Time, I-T-S-T-E-R-A-T-I-M-E. And uh, tag me. I'll do my best to respond. If I don't, tag me again because, you know, sometimes things get a little hectic, but I got you. And if you're listening on the podcast version, please subscribe. That would be greatly appreciated. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video and drop a comment. Make sure that you're subscribed to Player Profiler as well. Good luck with your fantasy lineups. I hope you all win. Unless you're playing me this week, I hope you lose. Um, outside of that, um, I will catch you again here again next week. Because, again, um, even if you're not in the playoffs, um, we're going to still try to incorporate, uh, obviously, championship week information. But we're also going to incorporate... Um, some move forward stuff. It's going to be a fun off season. The show will obviously continue through the off season. We're going to be talking free agency, trades, dynasty, best ball, everything, everything. Got you covered. All right. That wraps things up. Thank you for tuning in. Talk to you again next week.